Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God's Word and respond to it in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here. We're learning to listen to God's Word, to really meditate on it, and then to pray it back to Him in response. And we're in Season 3 of the Psalms, praying through the Psalms, and in this mini-series on praying Psalm 119. We've already had five episodes into that. And for today, I just felt the need to pause, to take a moment, because we're about a third of the way through Psalm 119, and I just wanted to do something different. And so I have a special guest on the podcast with us right now, Angela Oltman's my wife and my partner in this whole project. Uh, she's been quiet behind the scenes, but she really is invaluable to me, helping with uh, ideas and feedback and all sorts of things. And Angela had some things that she was sharing with me, and I said, let's just do this. Let's put this into the, the podcast, and then we'll resume Psalm 119 in the next episode. And so we're going to do some reflections on the First 15 podcast now. And so I just want to welcome Angela. Hello. Hi. So Psalm 119, we've covered, as I mentioned, like we're about a third of the way in. We've done five episodes on it. I'm thinking we won't hit all 22 sections. We've covered one or two of those sections at a time, and we'll probably be skipping over a couple coming up. Not because they're not valuable, but I just, we're not trying to cover this exhaustively. And maybe in the future, we'll we'll do a complete series on Psalm 119. There's two things that I've sought to do in First 15. In the first season, I tried to demonstrate how useful the whole Bible, all types of scripture, whether it's gospels or the law or poetry, like the Psalms or the letters, all of it can be useful in praying back to God. And so in the first 15 episodes of season one, we demonstrated that in all different types of, of scripture. And then in the last two seasons, we did it with just a gospel in season two, the gospel of Matthew. And then now we're doing it with just the Psalms. And so in these last two seasons, we're just going deep into scripture versus going broad. And um, I'm not sure if that's even clear to people, the kind of the design behind things. And that's okay if it's not, because I want you to get... Uh, something in their first 15 minutes of the day to really uh, bring you closer to God and lead you in your relationship with Him. So today I have a special guest with me on the podcast. Angela, is there anything you want to say to introduce yourself or to talk about how you've been listening to uh, First 15? Well, I wanted to ask a couple of questions before you go on. You have pretty good stuff that you're sharing and I'm glad that you have uh, persisted and worked on these episodes into the late nights and just giving your best to the work. There is a verse in Psalm 48.9 from the Passion Translation that says, Lord, as we worship you in your temple, we recall over and over your kindness to us and your unending love. I feel like this is your gift to God. I wanted to put a pause to this work this moment and ask a couple of questions and that's because I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts and you know I feel the the responsibility to help you do better so that um, you know what you're saying is clear to the listeners and and that the ultimate goal is that as many as possible whether you're a believer or not would to know about this one true God and be excited to open up the Bible and and, and read the Bible themselves mm-hmm. and to be wowed by the rich teachings, instruction, commands that's in the Bible, his heart, God's heart. If we just open it, you have just loved the Bible so much. 
So one of the things that I was curious about was why do you choose Psalm 119? Well, for one thing, we're praying through the Psalms uh, in season three. It's part of this uh, current <laughs> move where we're learning to pray through the Psalms. And I mentioned at the beginning of season three, we're praying through the ones that are both familiar to us as well as the ones that are harder to pray. And Psalm 119, honestly, is one of the harder ones to pray. It's just so long, for one thing, and I've mentioned already that it's somewhat repetitive, especially if you just read through the whole thing, 176 verses. It can seem repetitive. At least it's it's been that way for me in my past when I've read through Scripture and trying to pray through it. And so it is challenging. And yet, I've also really been blessed as I dug into Psalm 119 about five years ago for the first time and really slowed down and went into it and went deeper. And I just realized, wow, there's so much good stuff here that I didn't see at the first, you know, many times that I went through it in my walk as a Christian. And so I wanted to share this with other people and help others pray the Psalms and specifically pray Psalm 119. So that's where it came from. Wow, was it just five years ago? It seemed like just yesterday, but it could also feel like a lifetime given that we have two, you know, boys, teenage boys that keep our lives busy. But I, I wanted to ask about, I remember those days when you, and I was kind of sometimes upset, like, oh my gosh, is the English version not enough? You were <laughs> dwelling into the Hebrew version, and you knew a little bit of Hebrew, right? But were you like just, man, just new Hebrew, like the way I know Chinese, when you dwell into Psalm 19 for the first time in the Hebrew language. And what was the, the benefit of it? And, and why did you do it? Was English not enough? I've taken probably, I don't know how many, three years of Hebrew at the university. I've spent some time learning the Hebrew language. And that doesn't mean I'm fluent in reading it like a native you know, speaker would be. But I have found that not just Hebrew, but really any language I'm learning, it slows me down, obviously, because English being my mother tongue, I'm just I'm fluent. What happens for me, I found when I read the Bible, is sometimes I can kind of switch off or I'm not fully attentive mm -hmm. like I should be. Mm -hmm. And so one strategy I've used in the past is changing the version or yeah. the translation mm -hmm. that I use, whether, you know, my very first Bible was King James Version and then... I grew up using the NIV a lot, but I've used other versions as well, you know, Revised Standard Version and the New Living Translation and the ESV, just all sorts of, so I changed the translation, just trying to read it and get a new insight. And that's a good practice for anyone, honestly. But since I do know Hebrew, I wanted to get into the word and see like, well, so what's behind the translations? What does the original language say? And it actually hits me with a new freshness, a force whenever I have to grapple with the, the language, the, the vocabulary and the, the words and translating it, and I, I see new insights. And so I get a lot out of it and it's become like my meditation is I slow down and I get into the word more and listen to God on a different level than when I'm just reading in English. And so that's the reason that I do it. And then, of course, I want to share it with other people. With some of the, because I've shared with you, and you've often encouraged me many times, you need to share that with other people. I never knew that. I never heard that before. You know, it's like, share that with others. Okay, 30 years as Christian, and I'm still, and embarrassed to say, the whole Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language? 
Yes. The majority. So most of it in Hebrew, a, a few small parts in Aramaic, which okay. is a related language. Hebrew language has 22 letters, right? That's correct. And the alphabet, one thing I was struck, you mentioned this a couple of times, was that the one who wrote this Psalm 119, Aleph, Beth, He, Daleth, are these all different people? No, I mean, we really don't know who wrote Psalm 119. It's not attributed to anyone. There's David's name isn't at the, the head. There's traditions or, you know, different people have made theories about that. But we don't know who wrote Psalm 119, the author. At the head that you're talking about, those are the actual letters. Is Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalet. So the, that's like A, B, C, D, E. It's an acrostic poem. And so oh, every yeah, eight yeah, verses... Yeah. Every line in Hebrew starts with that letter, and it goes that. through the alphabet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm seeing that right now. I'm in Psalm 119, the NIV <clears throat> version. That was, yeah, a, and there's a Hebrew letter next to it. So the first eight verses is Aleph, the second mm -hmm. eight stanza is Beth, mm -hmm. and the third stanza is Gamal. And I can see why it's, it's, really, it's really pretty in the English language, and you think it's prettier? when you read it in the Hebrew language? It's prettier, it's more vital to me because I can actually, you know, see the words like that every single word in Hebrew in the first eight verses starts with the letter Aleph. I mean, the first verse in English, blessed are they, well, it's Ashrei. You know, Ashrei is the word for blessed. And it's also repeated in verse two. Again, Ashrei, blessed is the one who keeps his law and seeks him with all their heart. And that's not it. It's not just the lead word of every verse being alphabetic. It's also this rich language for God's law, his word. There's like um, eight words. We use the word synonym, but they're close cousins. These words that are repeated over and over at least 20 times each throughout Psalm 119 for God's word, God's law, God's judgments, God's precepts. God's promises or his spoken word, those words also come out. And it's really interesting for me to see how those are woven into these lines and repeated and emphasized. And so there's nuances that come out whenever I look at it in the original and I look for those things. So it's obvious that you love languages and you you are a student of linguistics because in the latest episode, remember, I remember you using the word conjunction couple of times and I was thinking like, oh, back, it's back to grammar course. <laughs> and so, you know, your, your love of what you're doing and producing this podcast is evident, studying it. So, well, well, I mean, we're talking about poetry, so it's really hard to translate poetry. And we forget that the Psalms, all of them are poetry. They're poetic and they're also songs. These are lyrics of songs that were actually sung in ancient Israel. And as you know, poetry is very difficult to translate. I mean, you know that from Chinese. And so to try to bring the force and how it impacts you on an emotional level is quite a challenge. So Psalm 119, I wanted to, to bring that out because it's not just like a, a head exercise, like meditating on God's law, like we, Bible, we do Bible study, right? And I've, I've been so guilty of this over many years of just studying God's word with my head and not having my heart fully engaged. And I found in Psalm 119, there's so many words and expressions that draw us into God's word through our heart. I mean, I take delight in it. God, I pant for your word. God, I'm burning with intense anger, with heat. 
when I see people disrespect or not, you know, uphold your law. And I'm just struck by that, how honest and raw and engaged this writer of the poet of Psalm 119, how they composed this long poem, this prayer to God and brought us, gave us words for how to express a devotion to God and, you know, drawing close to him through his word. The point that I wanted to ask and want you to share with the listener is this, you can talk at length about your love for the Hebrew language and how you help use that language to help you study the Bible more and how it came alive more for you, as well as, you know, uh, your understanding of linguistics and how we do compare and contrast of, of the different languages and, and, and have a richer understanding of the Bible. But with the same knowledge, you could have applied it with other literary books. You could have just seen the Bible as another book. And yet you come back to this book again and again, despite all the great works you have read, despite all the great religions that you have been a student of and learned. Why is that? Where I'm, I'm really wanting to know where did that bedrock love come from that doesn't seem ever shaken? And then secondly, did you, would you say you, you understand what that love and that power is? Okay, so the first, the first question, which is whether I've had this intense love or desire for God's Word all my life, the short answer is obviously, to myself at least, no, I've not. I, I think early on, as a, as a young Christian in my teen years, I did have a desire to know God's Word, and I did read it and study it. But I also have to say there's been long stretches of time in my life where I haven't been so engaged with the Bible mm. or reading it on a regular basis, not even daily, or I guess true confessions. I've been really snobbish at times, too. I mean, because I did study the Bible in original languages, you know, Greek and Hebrew, and Aramaic, and just knowing these. And I've had the attitude at times like, yeah, I know it. You know, I know the Bible really well, you know, better than whoever's teaching that I might be listening to or preaching the sermon. And God forgive me for that kind of pride, that kind of thinking I know it all, because the more I do read the Bible, the more I realize how much I don't know. And I'm not talking about just knowledge. I'm talking about, you know, how much I don't practice the word. And there's mysteries in the Bible that I just, I haven't figured out, you know, and you've heard this before in our family, when people ask me, relatives ask me like to explain things, I don't always have the best explanations. I don't always know the answers, you know, and there are some things that really stump me and, and some mysteries. And then the question I really want to know is why do you still keep going back to this? My answer to that question is the Bible is great literature and I've read other you know, books of literature, other great works, and enjoy them as, you know, the use of language in classics. The Bible is great literature, but it's so much more than that. It is God's Word. And I've not always honored it as God's Word, and I've not always practiced it and put it into into action like I should in my life. I'm not a, I'm not some high holy person or some saint or a monk or, or a mystic. Say more about that. You say it is God's Word. How could you be, you're so sure of it, because is it, because I know that for myself, the way my own, the way I read it. So when I when I first was given this free Bible, I, I read it and I had questions about it. And, and there were just a ton of wonderful people that came into my life, explained it and taught me and I searched it myself. And then it came to a point where it was just a book and I went to search other books, other truths. And then later on when I came back to this book because of life experience and what I've gone through, 
and Holy Spirit in me just helped me see it is a living word. It does speak. It's like when you speak, it's like it's like a direct thing. It's like just ding, you know, just you just go like, whoa, I got it. I don't need a sermon. I don't need a podcast. I don't even need a guy. I just like, and the tears would come down or the joy would well up or and the pain will be understood. And it's so, so personal. And I want you to speak to that. How doing what you do, spending time, the way you spend time on the word, in the methods that you do use, employ, which I'm not going to employ. I'm not going to go into Hebrew. No way. Yeah, I don't really need to say much more because I think you've already said it better than I could. It's just what I call a living encounter Mm, with God's word. God's word Mm -hmm. is alive and active, as Hebrews 4 tells us. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts to our core it pierces the heart and it lays out our motives and judges us (laughs) rightfully on our pretenses and you know god's word gets right to the heart of things and anyone who's really engaged with it and sought god and you know said god speak to me i want to hear your word can hear god speaking through the bible And I'm also aware there are people who have read the Bible, even read all the way through, and never heard God's Word. Sadly, but, you know, it is possible to read it only as a book, only as a merely human book or as literature. But if that's all your experience of it is, I'm afraid that you're missing more than 90% of it. It's like the true power of it. Because here's the thing. God spoke through prophets, through His Word, and that's what we have in these 66 books through different times and places. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 says. God spoke through the prophets. But in these last days, it says he's spoken through his son. So Jesus Christ, when he came in the flesh, is God's word also. And he speaks to us and and he showed us what God's word looks like lived out in, in a life, in human flesh. And so Jesus is the word as well. I guess that just keeps drawing me in and I'm I can't get enough of it. And that's what I want to share with people. Is, you know, I've had a little bit of experience of that, and I hope to get a lot more, and I want you to get more of that as well. really enjoy you explaining Psalm 119 and a different light from going a little, not a deep dive, but just enough for me to have a slight taste of what the beauty of, of the psalmist using the Hebrew language to write an acrostic poem, all 22 stanzas. I don't think I would have appreciated that as much. Uh, I learned a couple of uh, Hebrew words through the podcast. And so I, I really appreciate that. And thank you for sharing your love on that. I um, hope many people will, will be inspired to read the word and dive deeper themselves. I just appreciate you for being faithful and listening and also just your questions and your spirit. And I want to thank the listeners too. For those of you who joined the, us on the podcast and gotten help from it and keep coming back i'm really grateful for you as one of my regular listeners to sum things up i would say this i realize how blessed i am to be able to dig into the original language and and mine it for some of the insights and get new things from it but god doesn't expect that of you know everyone that that we have to do that or that oh you know it's somehow holier or something it's not God's Word has been translated, and the Christian church over the centuries has said to hear God's Word in our own language, our mother tongue, is perfectly fine. You don't have to go back to the original to truly hear God's Word. Unlike 
for example, the, the Quran and Muslims who say, you cannot understand, appreciate it apart from understanding Arabic. So you've got to learn it in Arabic. We don't translate it. Christians have not maintained that. And that's not what we see that Jesus came and walked among us and came to be with us and spoke our human language versus asking us to learn the language of heaven and God's somehow holy language. So it's not necessary. And I just want to encourage listeners, keep going after God. Keep listening to Him and listening for what He's saying to you. And through His Word, through these human words, through His inspired Word, the Holy Spirit makes alive in us. Just let it speak and direct you and impact the rest of your day. And I thank you for joining us here on Verse 15.